fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast, and just before we started recording, we all agreed that we are all pretty. Oh, so pretty. Mm-hmm. Especially for this episode. You guys don't want to start singing again like we did before we started recording? Uh, no, it's okay. I, no, choosing not to this time? Yes. Okay. The, the, the national opt-out list for singing on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I thought I could maybe try to trick you into it, but that's okay. All right. Well, it is episode number 284. Uh, it is, we're starting a new month. It is February, February 2020, but for us, it's 1990. And this month, because it's the same month as Valentine's Day and Groundhog Day, and I, I don't know what that has to do with it, but um, it is Love is in the Air month. And so our set of movies this month are all in the theme of romance, romantic comedies, what have you. Uh, or mermaids, in which case Pat thinks that it's the movie with Tom Hanks and the mermaid, when it's really not. But that's okay. Yeah, I messed that up last month. Jeez, nah, that's all right. That's all right. Hey, there's worse things you could have messed up. You you could have said that Wax on Wax Off was in a Rocky movie. Oh man, that's cold. <laughs> Two hundred episodes plus ago. I'm yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, taking crap for that. Oh yeah. See, no, and the best the best part is Bo, like someone else on the podcast messes up. And you still get teased. Like I know, that's, I mean, because, yeah. it's, because it's, oh, do you remember the time when? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, come on. Had it been anybody else, wouldn't you do the same? I don't know. Other people have messed up since then. Maybe not quite as big. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we, we, can oh, go back, we can go back 100 episodes to uh, Pat's comment about boats. I remember that got quite a laugh. <laughs> oh, no, that's true. That's true. Oh, my God. Not, not exactly what he meant, but I haven't been able to go on a boat since then. Uh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Fall asleep once and look mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Did I, I'm oh, trying to remember, man. I'm trying to remember if I left in all the snoring he did. <laughs> I think it's funny that you, to, if I can remember right, you told me I woke up and started talking like I was still in my sleep. You like, did, it was, like, it was like, like, like it, was, it was almost complete gibberish. I mean, (laughs) you were, you were doing your best to try to make it make sense, but you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you ever try to talk to a kid when they're sleepwalking. Oh my God. Well, that's, that's the thing. And the the toast at my wedding was don't make eye contact because if Mm. you make eye contact, he'll keep talking. He just won't wake up. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Real quick before we dive into our movie here, uh, our spoiler alert, we spoil freely. So just be warned. Uh, iTunes, please leave a five-star review. If you're enjoying the show, let us know what you're enjoying about the show. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love to interact with you, whether it's on the social medias or um, through iTunes reviews or whatever. Um, And then visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's a great way to find out more about the show and see all the different ways you can interact with us and 
get more out of the show other than just putting it in your ears every week, which that's mm-hmm. why I do. Um, kids, don't put things in your ears. All right. No. Uh, because this is the first week of the month of February, uh, I'm going to run through our This Month in 90 little segment that we do, kind of the first week of each month. And so I've got some top news, some births, deaths, sports, books, movies, and songs. So the top news that I was able to find for February 1990, uh, February 11th, 1990, is Nelson Mandela is freed from prison in South Africa after 27 years. Wow. Uh, February 21st, the Batman theme by Danny Elfman wins a Grammy Award for Best Instrumental Composition. Nice. Cool. And February 27th, uh, Exxon is indicted on five criminal counts for the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Wow. Which I think that happened, I think that was 88 or 89, but this is actually when they were indicted for it. Okay. So, uh, Births, um, one of the ones that I just found, like one or two for each of these. um, Births, February 12th, uh, RG3, Robert Griffin III, the NFL player, was born on February 12th, 1990. And now, I am not as much of a jazz fan, Pat, as I know you are. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't know if you if this name is familiar to you or not. But the, it was yeah. My, Miles Davis died, right? Uh, I have or, Mel Lewis died. Oh, Mel Lewis. Okay. So on February 2nd of 1990, did Miles Davis die in February I, 1990? It, you know, like it was him and Dizzy, I think, passed on around that time. I could be way off. Watch. It's like okay. completely the wrong time. But no, I do know Mel Lewis. He was a... Um, a, he led a big band, the Thad Jones, Mel Lewis band, really awesome stuff um, dating back, you know, I think back into the 60s mm-hmm. and a uh, great jazz drummer and uh, great band leader. And yeah, Mel Lewis, that's, uh, he's, uh, he's pretty awesome, pretty iconic uh, jazz musician. So he passed on in 1990. Yeah, yeah. February 2nd, 1990. I looked it up really fast. Uh, okay. Miles Davis was September 1991. 91. Okay. So. When was Dizzy Gillespie? Uh, let me see. So I can find it really fast. Dizzy Gillespie. He passed January 6, 1993. 93. Okay. So, so actually kind I of mean, like, like, like almost one year after each other. Yeah, it was, like I said, see, and the reason that it, that clicks is that was right. Um, I'm trying to think of how old I was like when, right when I was, I mean, I was, I was always into music, but when I was old enough to really start following and really get into like all these iconic jazz folks were like dying off in and around that time mm-hmm. um so anyways sorry okay. little little tangent but no yeah. mel lewis uh yeah if you're if you're looking for some if you're looking to check out some music if you've never listened to mel lewis uh check out check out mel lewis check out the thad jones mel lewis band it's uh it's great stuff nice. great stuff yeah nice uh, so let's see, top sports, uh, we have on February 11th, James Buster Douglas KOs Mike Tyson in the 10th round to win the World Heavyweight Boxing title. Okay. Uh, top books for this one, The Bad Place by Dean Koontz, and a book called Devices and Desires by P.D. James. Top movies were Driving Miss Daisy, uh, Morgan Freeman and Jessica Tandy, and Hard to Kill with Steven Seagal and Kelly LeBrock. Uh, top hmm. songs were Opposites Attract by Paula Abdul uh, in a duet with The Wild Pair. So that is our, unless you all, unless you gentlemen can remember anything from February 1990 from your childhood. Where were no. you? That, that'd be a good question. Where were you in February 1990? I was praying for a snow day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was in Texas, so I probably didn't even know what snow was. Fair enough. I'm sure I was probably playing my Nintendo, playing Super Mario or something like that, and wondering why other places got snow and we didn't. Nice. Uh, 
All right. Well, our movie this time around is Pretty Woman. It came out on the 23rd of March, 1990, rated R, with a runtime of one hour, 59 minutes, directed by Gary Marshall, who died in 2016. He also did Overboard, Beaches, and Runaway Bride. Producers were Arnon Milchin and Stephen Ruther. Stephen Ruther died in 2010. Milchin also did Legend, JFK, and Empire Records. It's Rex Manning Day. Uh, and then Ruther did Dirty Dancing and Face Off. Writer for this one was J.F. Lawton, uh, who also did Under Siege. And I, this is just a fun movie title, so that's why I included it. Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. There you go. There we go. Nice. Should have done oh, yeah. that one for the podcast. Uh, cinematography done by Charles Minsky, who also did April Fool's Day and the Lois and Clark uh, pilot episode for the Adventures of Superman TV show. Music was done by James Newton Howard, who also did Wildcats, Flatliners, and My Girl. Budget was $14 million, box office $463.4 million. So it did okay. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 62. Audience gives it a 68. IMDb gives it a 70. Letterboxd a 68. And Cinema Score an A. Starring Richard Gere, who played Edward Lewis. He was in American Gigolo and Chicago. Julia Roberts was Vivian Ward. She was in Aaron Brockovich and My Best Friend's Wedding. Ralph Bellamy, who died in 1991, was James Morse. He was in His Girl Friday and Trading Places. Jason Alexander was Philip Stuckey. He was in Seinfeld and North. Uh, Laura San Giacomo was Kit DeLuca. She was in Sex, Lies, and Videotape and the TV series Just Shoot Me. Alex Hyde-White was David Morse. He was in Catch Me If You Can and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Amy Yazbek played Elizabeth Stuckey. She was in The Mask and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Eleanor Donahue played Bridget. She was in The Andy Griffith Show and Freddy's Dead. Hector Elizondo played Barney Thompson. He was in Beverly Hills Cop 3 and Runaway Bride. Judith Baldwin played Susan. She was in No Small Affair and The Stepherd Wives, the 1975 version. Here is the trailer of Pretty Woman, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome to Hollywood. Everybody comes to Hollywood, got a dream. What's your dream? When I was a little girl, I would pretend I was a princess trapped in the tower, and then this knight on a white horse would come charging up and rescue me. Could you tell me how to get to Beverly Hills? Sure, for five bucks. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I am lost. All right, okay. You'll change for 20? For 20, I'll show you a person. Wow. Impressed? You kidding me? I come here all the time. Well, color me happy. There's a sofa in here for two. Close your mouth, dear. Who is this girl? Does she work? She's in sales. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of a date. This isn't a date, it's business. That led to a deal. I have a business proposition for you. I'm going to be in town until Sunday. I'd like you to spend a week with me. <laughs> That's becoming a dream come true. <laughs> Time to shop. Get rid of your gum. All right. I don't believe you did that. You're going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. So we're going to need a lot more help sucking up to us because that's what we really like. Oh. You understand me? Sir, if I may say so, you're in the right store and the right city, for that matter. There are two people who have no business being together. Everybody is trying to land him. Well, I'm not trying to land him. I'm just using him for sex. Just doing a little business. <laughs> Company I'm buying this week, I'm getting for the bargain price of about one billion. A billion dollars? Your folks must be really proud, huh? Everything was going their way. Well done! Until I don't want you to go. You hurt me. Yes. Don't do it again. Something unexpected happened. What the hell is wrong with you this week? You fell in love with him, but I not teach you anything. Look, I'm not stupid, okay? I'm I'm not in love with him. I can find you an apartment and get you a car. I want more. I want the fairy tale. I thank you. I'm a very special woman. Feel the dream. 
Touchstone Pictures presents Richard Gere. So what happened after? He climbed up the tower and rescued her. Julia Roberts. She rescues him right back. Pretty Woman. Maybe you guys could, like, um, get a house together. Buy some diamonds. Oh! <laughs> Okay, so I know that sometimes, you know, sometimes we've said that we're, we we lean maybe a little bit more towards the action movie, maybe a little bit more towards the the historical drama, the some of those type of things. And sometimes, you know, throughout the course of the podcast, we've we've had the occasional romantic comedy here and there. Um, that's pretty much where we are this entire month. So mm-hmm. for for good or bad, we'll we'll see where this goes. But um, Pretty Woman. Now, I I would hazard a guess and say this is not the first time that anybody had watched this? That would be correct. Okay. It's my second time. Oh, okay. That's maybe, it. Maybe, wow. maybe, maybe my 1.9th time. Uh, you know, I'm okay. somewhere in there. Okay. I'm within the margin of error. Okay. All right. So that being the case, how does this movie make you feel? I, I've said this a lot lately, but it's fun. It makes me feel happy. I enjoy everything about it. Yeah, there are some sad things and there are some, some dated references, but... Uh, all in all, I enjoy the story. I, I like the I like the references in the references. The fact that the opera they go see is is a parallel of their story. I like that, you know. Um, I like the little things in the story. I like that they that they actually the thing that they do at the pol- polo match where they replace the divots like that really happens at a polo match. Mm-hmm. Like they they spend some time making this movie and making it well, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah, so I mean, I I can't disagree with Bo. Um, I don't make it a habit of it, anyways. But as far as this movie goes, I uh, uh, I can't disagree with him. I mean, it makes me feel happy. It's uh, you know, cute little story, and um, you know, Richard Gere is is good as the, you know, the the uh, not loan shark. What would you call that? The that's financier. Sla- yeah, that slash and burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? Hostile takeover, aggressive expansion, whatever. You know, he's the businessman, the the big, the make the big bucks kind of businessman. And uh, I mean, well, like to, he's very to, to quote to quote Christian Bale from American Psycho. He's in murders and executions mostly. Yeah, right. and um, um, you know, Julia Roberts is uh, you know, brings that whole like sweetheart vibe to um, you know, her her role. Uh, the the supporting cast was very good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of a, a cute story, feel good. And, uh, yeah, so I, you know, it, it makes me happy and you're right. I mean, it's a well done movie. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. The dialogue's good. Uh, yeah. All those things. There was some stuff that I kind of not struggled with per se, but just kind of, I, okay. You know, you know, I had some, I didn't have all, uh, sunshine and roses opinion of the movie, but we can get into that later. Overall, okay made me feel happy okay all right yeah for me for me this has been this has been kind of a a favorite movie for years um in fact my my wife and i we were watching it actually just last night and she was talking about how much she had watched this movie even as a kid and and didn't fully understand everything that she was probably seeing uh in the movie and um you know really understanding what vivian's profession was and what is entailed with that and, and all that um you know, I think I, I don't think I probably saw this movie very often before. Well, I will just put it this way. I don't think I saw this movie before having a girlfriend. I don't know that there mm. would have been too much about this movie that would have made me want to watch it. Um, 
but then having watched it, I, I really enjoy this movie. This movie makes me happy. Um, I, I like the little moments between the two of them. I, th- I think it's just a, a great love story. Um, we actually like, because we watched it, I think, so much while we were dating that um, we were kind of excited when they were coming out with not the sequel, but the two of them together again in the movie Runaway Bride. Um mm-hmm. And actually, the irony of that is that's the movie that we went to go see the day that I proposed um, to Sharon. So that was kind of our, you know, it was kind of one of our memories uh, related to that's how we remember what day it was, because sometimes we kind of forget, like, was it this day or was it this day? We just have to go back and look at the movie poster, because whatever day the movie came out, that's the day that it happened. There you Um, go. So we have that. And um, yeah, we just we always really enjoyed this movie. So I think between you know, just the, the fun little moments and the little side characters here and there. And, and that's something too, that, that just makes me happy about these movies is, um, you know, Gary Marshall tends to uh, reuse a lot of the same actors and they're always fun actors. You know, the, always the, um, uh, you know, Hector Elizondo's character, Barney Thompson from the hotel. Um, you've got, I forget the guy's name, but he's the one that is running the clothing store when uh, Richard Gere and, and, Julia Roberts go there and they say, you know, we're, we're going to be spending a, an obscene amount of money. Here. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to require a lot of sucking up. Mm-hmm. Well, sir, I could tell when you walked in that you're not only a <laughs> handsome man, but uh, a force to be reckoned with, not me. So, you know, all those different characters, they all get reused uh, in a lot of other movies. They actually get those, those actors are also in the movie runaway bride um, that Richard Gere and Julia Roberts are in together um, years later. So, you know, just, it's just, it's, it feels, it's fun. It's sweet. It just feels very familiar. Um, it's, it's like a comfort food. Mm. So it's not, I, I don't know if you want to dig too deep into the meaning of the movie, it's, there's not going to be a whole lot of substance there. I don't think, but it's just, it's just something that if you, if you need a movie to watch, this is one of those that I feel like you could just pick up at any time, pop in and you'd be just as happy watching it. And you don't have to think too much about about oh what movie should we watch is it if it's there if it's available it's like oh you want to watch that sure let's watch that one cool now i will say it was a bit of a funny uh uh, i don't know if you want to call it a blast from the past or whatever but knowing that we're doing this for our podcast so clearly the movie has reached its 30th anniversary when i went downstairs in our basement to go get our dvd copy of this movie it is the 10th anniversary 10th anniversary edition of the dvd oh there you go so even my dvd copy of this movie is 20 years old yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, so what is it? So for for the things about this movie, you know, we we've all said positive things about it, so it's clear none of us hate this movie. Um what is it that does work about this movie? And and as I ask that question, I'm going to also say just because I'm a glutton for punishment, um I went into some of the uh user reviews on IMDb. Mhm. For Pretty Woman, and I saw it runs the gamut of people who love this movie and people who think that this movie is the the worst piece of garbage that's ever been made. It is not only offensive, it is harmful. It's you know, they they it runs the entire spectrum of love and hate for this movie, which I was not expecting to see, but I, I understand some of their points. So um, you know, I don't I don't want to discount those things, but at the same time, that's not my experience with it. So Mm. there's that but um so what is it we we all said something positive about this movie so what is it that works for you when you watch this movie 
Uh, I like the car scene. I figured, I thought about you as I was mm-hmm. watching it. I'm like, oh, Pat's going to love the Lotus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the Lotus. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Corner, so I, corners I like it's on rails. Fun. Right. That's probably about how I would do with that car. Because <laughs> there was a time, there was a summer that I was working for a, um, uh, a car wash and a, a spot that would do some auto detailing and things like that. And they actually had me, they dropped me off at a customer's house and they drove away right away. Um, and I was supposed to pick up the customer's Jeep and bring it back to the detailing place. <laughs> it was a stick. It was a stick. And I've never driven a stick in my life. <laughs> sure. On a Jeep. <laughs> On a Jeep. So, so it, was, it was very much a learning experience. Um, I didn't have to drive it very far, thank goodness. But I, it, it very much reminds me of the beginning of the movie when he's trying to drive that car and, and roughly his reaction to that. You know, it's, it's funny. I learned to drive stick a little bit later on. I think I was going into college or I was in college when I finally learned to drive it. it it's, it's funny because I have, I have a similar story. Uh, maybe this should have been one of the three questions, your most embarrassing driving stick <laughs> story. But uh, it was funny because I was the designated driver that night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I met a group of people out at the, at the bars and stuff. And, and uh, my, my buddy had a big, um, if you remember Toy Story, you remember the pizza delivery truck? that was like, mm-hmm. it just said, yo, that was kind of like my buddy's truck and it was stick shift. And it's like the clutch, you know, you, you push the clutch pedal to the floor and to get the, 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 the clutch uh, totally engaged, you had to like slip the clutch out and to the point where it came so far out that your knee was like touching your lips. Okay. I mean, like that's how far the drag was on this pedal. And I remember that he was like, yeah, I really want to get my car. I, I, you know, I can't leave it on the street, but I can't be driving and all that. And I'm like, uh, okay. And they're like, Pat, I'm just like, guys, I just learned. That's okay. You're the best thing, Pat. We got to get you, you know, you got to get us home. Okay. And so I was, I, I was so bad. And the car was literally hopping down the street that we got pulled over and the police officer thought I'd been drinking. And I just, and, and he says, uh, have you been drinking tonight? And, and he's, you know, I, you know, all this kind of, I said, Nope, I'm actually the designated driver. Okay. Cause you know, you were driving erratically. I said, officer, I'm really sorry. I just learned to drive stick. This is my buddy's car and I'm not very good. And then he actually kind of laughed at me. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was totally fine to drive except I couldn't drive stick. So I literally <laughs> had this guy's like truck, like, <laughs> and I remember he was grabbing on like with both hands, like, can I think I'm going to get sick because you're making this car hop down the road, you know? So it was, uh, uh, that was kind of a, a, a fun experience. I don't think we went much faster than about five to 10 miles an hour. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we made it home. I don't know what state the clutch was in when we made it home, but we made it home. You survived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all one can ask for these days. Exactly. Exactly. So what, I mean, other than, other than cars and stick shift, what does work for you in this movie? I mean, it's. Well, I'm just. It, I, know, I, I will. Well, I'll stop you there for a second and just say, I am glad that the car guy also has a story where he had trouble driving stick. So that makes me feel a little bit better. That's yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? You, you gotta, you gotta learn. You know, yeah. I mean, unless, and it's kind of a lost oh, I, art. I, you know, I, I mean. Oh no, I never learned. Like that was the one oh. time I did it, and I did it horribly, and I, I, I've never, I've still never learned. So. Well, John, the next time you're over at Middle North, we'll go out to the parking lot and I'll uh, teach you to drive stick. Because <laughs> okay. I still, I, I mean, believe it or not, it, you know, my car is, um, well, it's a stick. And, I mean, it's, it's it, it probably placing at some point. And that's still one of the features that I shop for is like, can I get this car in stick shift mm-hmm. uh, when, I'm, when I'm looking around at cars? So um, I suppose I could ask the Tesla people just to be that guy, you know. And, and see, and see, you you know, totally should. Yeah, just go, uh, d- does this come with standard transmission? 
Um, um, so yeah, what works, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just kind of a modern take on fairy tale, um, you know, two lost souls find each other and better each other and do the right thing. And it ends happily ever after. And that's, um, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, then, uh, there you go. It's, it's, it's good. And there's some iconic scenes, you know, um, <clears throat> that everyone was talking about and everyone will talk about. And I, I forget, I, I think my folks went to go see it and kind of described it to me. Um, Oh, Patrick, you know, like here's what it was about and everything like that. So I feel like I've known of it. I mean, I was conscious of it when it first came out. Um, but yeah, just kind of a, you know, I think there was great chemistry between Richard Gere and uh, Julia Roberts. So, you know, I think even if the story itself, then, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever written. You know, when you have two characters that can really, um, you know, help bring it to life. The story is a good vehicle for these uh, uh, two actors to really uh, show off their chops. I, you know, I, I think that's always a, a benefit as well. So I guess that's what, what I find heartwarming and enjoyable about the movie. Bo, what works for you with this one? The relationship with them. I think the, the thing that makes, the things that make this movie fun for me are the, the little interactions, the interaction between her and the Hector Elizondo character, mm-hmm. the the little relationship that develops there, the um, the moment she has with the store clerk where she says, "I'm not his niece. Mm-hmm. They never are, dear." <laughs> you know the the little interactions where you you know you. I, I trust you don't have any other uncles here. Right, yeah. <laughs> like the everyone knows what's happening and it's okay. We're used to this. This is Beverly Hills. Um, uh, it's those things. It's the little, the little things that I, that I enjoy. The, the, the scene with the, <laughs> where the waiter catches the, the snail. Yeah. Yeah. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what makes it so fun. It's the, the little things. Right. There, there is actually a scene when they're having in the movie Runaway Bride that came out uh, almost 10 years later. So 99. Um, there is a scene where they're having dinner and Richard Gere, actually something slips out of his hand. So they have the uh, kind of a similar gag in that. Nice. Movie too. You, you can tell that they're definitely trying to bring back a little bit of the, the formula that helped out with Pretty Woman. Yeah, I, I will say for me, it's it's like you said, some of those just the the little moments here and there and actually watching it this time, you know, kind of the interactions between Richard Gere and, and Julia Roberts were not necessarily the part I enjoyed most watching it this time. It was the other interaction, the other bits and pieces, the, um, you know, Barney at the hotel, the like you said, the I think her name was Bridget, the clerk that helps yes. her uh, get her first yes. cocktail dress and and all that and just in and, and her and Kit and when she goes and it, we use this phrase all the time. Um, whenever I've tried to go to a store and, and you know, I'm, I'm walking around trying to find somebody to help me and, and nobody will do it. I always will use this phrase, whether, whether Sharon's with me or not, but you know what? They work on commission here. Big mistake. Big Huge. mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, just, just the little moments like that too. But yeah, I think, I think some of the, some of the side characters are maybe a little bit more interesting to me, especially watching it this time around than, you know, you'd expect the two 
superstars. And, and, and really, I guess at the time they weren't even superstars. They were, you know, both pretty much just starting out. They'd had a few movies under the belt. Um, you know, they were just starting to get fairly big at that point, I think. Um, but I, I think probably the reason why I enjoy this movie a lot and, and I enjoy it every time I watch it is because just, I, I think it's because of Julia Roberts character. I think just because of her, her innocence, she's just, she's funny in this. She's just, she's just cute, you know, for lack of a better term, she's just cute right. in this movie and, and, and cute in, in kind of a semi-innocent, semi-not-so-innocent way. Um, you know, the, the moments that we kind of laugh out loud, laugh out loud in this movie. Uh, and we did it several times watching it last night is when they're negotiating the, uh, the week fee, you know, so she's back and forth between, you know, 4,000 and 3,000, 2,000 and, and they settle on $3,000 and then she goes, holy, and then just dips down into the pool, into the, uh, into the tub. And just like her, the, her reaction there is just, it's just hilarious. Which leads to another one of those great little small scenes mm-hmm. where she says, I would have done it for two. And he says, I would have paid four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's another one of those great little scenes there where you're like, okay, that's good. Yeah. So I guess a follow-up question that I have for us is not necessarily what do you like best about Julie Roberts and Richard Gere? Cause that's kind of the obvious. I mean, they're the ones on the, on the movie cover. They're the ones on the poster. Right. They're the ones that we think of as being the, the leading man and the leading lady. Um, who is your favorite of all the different side characters? So if you look at the store clerks, whether it's whether it's the snobby women or whether it's the funny guy, um, whether it's Barney, whether it's the elevator guy, um, whether it's Jason Alexander as the lawyer, um, you know, all these other different little side characters. Because I think as much as we are supposed to enjoy the, the Julia Roberts, Richard Gere part of the movie, I think that especially something like a Gary Marshall movie, I think that's what he does well is these little side characters. So of these side characters, if you had to pick one, that you enjoyed, which one is probably your favorite of the little side characters? Can it? <laughs> what? What were you going to say? Sure, it can. <laughs> okay. I, I was going to say the old man whose company he's buying. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, think I like him yeah. the best because okay. he, he, he's all cantankerous with him and he's all, he pushes back against him at dinner, but then he realizes that eventually this is going to work out. And then the, one of the last lines he says is we're going to build big ships together. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like him. I guess I like the, uh, who was the guy that was like, I keep wanting to say the mate, the mater D he, uh, but he was, you know, kind of the, uh, the guy in charge of the hotel, Barney. you know, oh, yeah. Barney. Okay. Yeah. I guess I liked him. He was kind of just a, you know, a human being. So yeah. that was nice. Yeah. I think I probably have to go with him as well. I think he's my favorite. I also, I like his character in Runaway Bride, you know, the, the one that they're in about 10 years later. Um, I think kind of a similar character in both movies, but I just, I like his interactions with her that he knows exactly what she is. Um, he's not, you know, he's still treating her like a human being. He's not being, mm-hmm. not necessarily being condescending to her, um, but he can, and he can pretty quickly tell in, in a city that you would assume uh, or an affluent neighborhood where you'd assume that most people would just look down on her and ignore her just like they did at the store. Um, he is actually seeing her for, for what she's going through and what she's struggling with. And, you mm-hmm. know, just that he's very, he's funny in a very dry way. Um, but he's also very kind. And I think, I think for me that he would be the the side character I enjoy most. Now, the one I think is probably the funniest 
is definitely the um, the store clerk that uh, is the one that does the sucking up to them. Right. Yeah. So, and I can't remember that that actor has been in a bunch of other stuff, and I cannot remember off the top of my head what his name is. But um, you know that. Yeah, that he is. He's in. He's one of those that guys. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are we talking a a, a, a an obscene amount of money? Are we talking a ridiculous amount of money, or are we talking really offensive? <laughs> really offensive. Really. Oh, I like this man. <laughs> um. So I I was almost gonna hesitate to bring this up, but have you gentlemen heard about the dark side of Pretty Woman? The dark side of Pretty Woman. Yeah. There's a dark side that I'm unaware of in a movie about a prostitute. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. So this is a, you know, this is kind of a retelling of, well, we mentioned that the, um, you know, Bo, I think you mentioned that the opera that they go to is kind of a, a mirroring of their story. La Traviata, yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a little bit of a, in some ways, it's a Cinderella story. I mean, not that Cinderella was a prostitute, but um, that would be a very different Disney movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Was it George Bernard Shaw, Pygmalion, the play? My Fair Lady. I mean, so similar ideas, similar ideas of, of someone kind of being brought up from their lowly state by someone who is wealthy and, and uh, influential and affluent and, and all that. So I guess what had happened is, and I remember looking at this and, on IMDb and, and seeing the writer's credits and thinking, wow, this is really weird. Like this writer has done pretty much like Steven Seagal action movies, like a bunch of ninja movies and like weird stuff, like nothing else really like Pretty Woman up to this point in his career. And so I did, dug a little bit deeper, and what I found was he was having a little bit of trouble getting some of his scripts sold, and so he decided he wanted to do something a little bit different. And so in the, I think it was the mid-80s at that point, maybe, early to mid-80s, maybe, you know, there was, it, it definitely it's the 80s, so you've got uh, money, and you've got yuppies, and you've got just kind of like the, the corporate and, and commercial aspect of the 80s. And so he wrote a screenplay that was called 3000. And so it was based on the amount that he was going to pay her for the week. And in the screenplay, it was actually supposed to be a world in which biz, big business has kind of destroyed American society. And you have this wealthy financier and he's going to, um, you know, bring, he's going to bring someone up out of the depths of poverty and prostitution and whatever. And at the end of the movie, he's basically going to just like walk away and leave her, you know, back where she started. And it was mm. supposed to show you how, uh, evil and depressing big business is. Okay. And, and that was the original screenplay for pretty woman hmm. that it was not, it was not a romantic comedy at all. It was a much darker uh, drama. And, and, and even, I think even when Richard Gere and, and a couple other people got involved in this movie was back when it was still that screenplay and they stuck with it for several years. And over the course of time, the rights to the movie ended up getting sold to touchstone, which is part of Disney and Disney, you know, they, they were kind of okay with that idea, but they're like, nah, let's lighten it up a little bit. And eventually over time, it ended up becoming the romantic comedy it was. But originally it was supposed to be almost this very dark and, for lack of a better term, depressing uh, take on how does business and how does the world of finance in the 80s destroy the little people. Mm-hmm. That was the original idea for this movie. Hmm. That's a very different movie than what we got. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I can't even say they used the same general concept. You know, I mean, it was like. Right, wow. not really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a few little basics here and there, but. 
Well, I don't want to take us too far down a rabbit hole. I did want to kind of almost jokingly say that we could turn this based on some of the stuff I read in the comments section of IMDb. Um, we could turn this into an Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom thing. And I can ask you about the white male savior <laughs> for this movie. And if we, I don't know if we want to start a fight or I'll just I'll start that by saying we love you, Jeff, and we miss you. <laughs> well, I can't. I'm not going to comment on the white male savior thing, but I, I have to admit I was skeptical going into this movie um, about that whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I'd seen it before and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, I'll watch it for the podcast. Like I, mm-hmm. I personally, um, you know, I mean, if Tammy says, hey, let's watch Pretty Woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to like throw a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try not to make a habit of doing that anyways. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't think I would seek this movie out unless I had someone else wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I got to admit, I kind of went into it a little skeptical of that whole thing. And I, I was just like, you know, I just find myself. And, and, and again, I'm not going to comment on the white male savior piece of it. Um, Cause that gets, that gets into one of those chicken and the egg arguments. And mm-hmm. uh, well, maybe I don't even know if that reference works. It's, it gets into a rabbit hole of. I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to bait you to get you to, you know, oh, fight, with, just, fight with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I, the, there were things that I kind of struggled with, with the movie where it was like, yeah. And part of it was kind of like what I felt like with dazed and confused mm-hmm. um, where, yeah, it's a fun movie, but they don't show any of the consequences right. of right. anything that goes on in that movie. Right. And so like for this, you know, they don't show, um, they don't show like any of the disease or any of mm-hmm. You know, what would that lifestyle do to someone's psyche? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I can't imagine. Like, I don't live that lifestyle, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it was, it, it was all painted as consequence-free. I mean, you know, like, even when they're, like, talking like, yep, can you believe they pulled so-and-so out of the dumpster? Oh, man, that's awful. You know, and it, it, they didn't use it as a comical thing, but the audience wasn't in the dumpster when they were pulling her out. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so you don't see the families and you don't see, you know, like, like the whole thing where the guy that thought he owned the block or was trying to be her, her, her pimp or whatever, you know, Richard Gere has a security guard, you know, show his weapon and all of a sudden a guy like backs off, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, that's where I kind of bumped up against it. So maybe I, I, I would have liked the original version of this movie a little bit better. I mean, and again, I'm not going to knock it. Like I know everyone loves it and they love it for what it is. And believe me, I like, I love the movie commando and was jumping up and down with excitement watching predator too. So, I mean, I get the, I get the whole enjoy the movie for what it is, but I mean, I just find myself like, well, yeah, of, of course it like, well, and it depicts that. Yeah. Everything's okay. Cause we got money. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, okay, well, yeah, that's no, that, that's not going to be. And I, I mean, I get the whole, yep, they lived happily ever after. And okay, and that, that movie's not supposed to delve into like relationships and all that kind of thing. But, I, you know, like I said, it just, it painted an entirely, everything was consequence free. Her mm-hmm. friends stayed in that life. I'm not getting right. out of that. Okay, well, well it's a rough life, but we're going to make it happen. Right. It's, it's don't think about it too hard and right. just, go along for the ride basically is, is, is kind of the message. Well, and that's, I, I wanted to ask, I kind of wanted to ask that question or, or, or this question and ask if this made a difference. I mean, there's been a lot of discussion within the last, let's say two to three years about certain movies that in the past, not a whole lot of people maybe questioned some of the things that happened in those movies. You know, you take an example of like an animal house 
Mm -hmm. Just a few years ago, uh, sure, there would have been some people that would have questioned, hey, wait a minute, why is that funny? Um, Whereas now, I think you have a lot more of a discussion. I I mean, personally, it's still a hilarious movie. Um, That doesn't mean that I condone the things that are done in that movie and and some of the things that are said in that movie. And um, I, I still think it's funny and I don't think that I have too much of a problem. You know, I, I can clearly distinguish in my mind between what's right and wrong. Um, and so I don't have a problem with that movie, but I was, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you guys was with a movie like this. And you had some people, even when it came out, um, I know, I think it was Daryl Hannah might've been, if I have the name right, she might've been one of the ones that was originally approached to play the part of Vivian. Mm-hmm. And she refused because she thought it was denigrating to women. So clearly there were, there were some folks back in the late eighties that, you know, still felt that this movie was not a positive message for anybody um, and had very strong feelings about it. But I think within the last few years, you just, there, there is a, a stronger sense of some of that too. So uh, one of my questions was going to be, and we've, we've started to kind of go down that path is, does this movie, is this movie problematic in 2020? And, and I will say, you know, to kind of just very quickly give give my piece on that is another movie that I rewatched just very recently that is more problematic for me. I, I don't have as much a problem. And maybe that's just, you know, part of my bias for enjoying this movie is I don't have as much a problem with this movie. One that I did rewatch that I have not watched since the mid 90s um, that I actually had a, a hard time watching this time was Falling Down. Mm. Now having watched that one given you know I, I think some of the discussions of anger and resentment in society and, and things like that like I actually had a hard time watching that movie I, I remember enjoying it when I watched it in the mid 90s um, and watching it this time I was like oh wow um, mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, I know that we're not supposed to view this guy as a hero but I think in the mid nineties, I, I sympathized with him a whole lot more, you know, man, he's having a really rough day and oh man, look at that. But I don't know, watching it this time, I was like, no, I, this guy needs to be stopped. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is bad stuff. This is, none of this is right. Like he has no right to do any of this. He has, he, he really has no right to be that angry. I mean, his life compared with, you know, somebody who's got it much worse than him. So I, I had a really hard time watching that movie. Um, more so than thinking that this movie is problematic, but I don't know. What, what, what do you guys think? Is this movie is pretty woman problematic in 2020 or is it still okay? I think it definitely gets a little problematic. Um, not in such a way, at least in my opinion, that is, it doesn't hurt my enjoyment of it for better or worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I could definitely see the argument someone might give that would say this is dated maybe Mm -hmm. i don't think it would get made the same way today Mm -hmm. by anyone (laughs) yeah you know it's interesting because and i I know i talked to you guys about this i'm gonna i'm gonna keep bumping back to the the friendly fire podcast and it was the the captain america one and it was interesting because I'll tell you, you know, I don't necessarily agree with everything those guys say, but they definitely bring up points that have to be considered. And I think it was Adam Pranica when he was talking about it. I think he said, yeah, the mark of growing up is that, you know, it's okay to still like the things that we like that when we were kids, but you got to be able to take a look at them 
and mm-hmm. question them and mm-hmm. not be threatened. And, and I'm kind of paraphrasing and using a few of my own words. You got to be able to question things and take an honest look at things. I mean, and, and so, you know, I'm not trying to say that I have the corner on honesty and I, I guess, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't see this in 1990, but it, this wasn't the first time I'd seen it. And I remember thinking back when I originally saw it and now it, it, I, I did have problems with it. And I think, I don't think it was not problematic back then. I just don't think that we were questioning on that level. And I mean, I guess the way I would answer this question is, I mean, I don't, I don't need to get into something as sweeping as, is it the white man savior thing and all that? But, you know, you're, you know, I just have these questions. It's like, well, okay, you know, he went through a character arc, like he was less of a jerk, but it never really said, you know, it never really explored that in depth. He went through that arc and he triumphed over his personal demons and all that. Yeah. Like she never really did. He had to go rescue her. You know what I'm saying? Like he had to tell her that, he didn't see her as only a prostitute and then she was okay with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he had to help break her out of her lifestyle or to, she, she was, she was the same, you know, her personality didn't change really at all. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe she gained a little bit of extra confidence, but I mean, she was pretty confident at the beginning. So really, I mean, I guess if you want to look at it being a little bit problematic, then it's that, you know, her character arc, depended completely upon his money at the end of the movie yeah yeah it was so that's it, i mean that's that's where it could be problematic is that really she didn't have much of a character arc she was the same character i mean she was the same kind of you know sweet innocent girl that she was at the beginning of the movie she's the exact same person at the end of the movie um you know all the all the potential all of the wittiness all the intelligence all of that stuff didn't change for her the only thing that changed was now she had a better set of clothes and she had enough money to go back to school or do whatever. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it wasn't, you know, totally on the nose. I mean, you know, they did live happily ever after and all that, but I guess, I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm approaching it with the wrong thing in mind. Like I, I want something that's a little bit more realistic, but I mean, if I was watching that, you know, if I was watching this movie with my daughter, obviously years and years and years from now, I mean, and I wouldn't ever want her to aspire to be, you know, end up living that kind of a lifestyle or having to go into that profession or whatnot. But, you know, even, even that, just, just the way that, you know, like I said, that, that being portrayed just in a consequence free, I mean, like the biggest consequence of her, you know, working as a prostitute was she couldn't make rent. I mean, well, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a little bit, it's a little, it's a little bit uh, deeper than that. And, you know, they're finding all this, you know, now about, um, you know, uh, people to, you know, forced to work in that area, you know, that, that um, uh, um, profession and, you know, the whole, uh, you know, like, you know, people abducted from, you know, various parts of the world and, you know, kind of sold into like, like, sl- uh, uh, you know, sex slave rings and all this kind of stuff that's out there. And it's like to kind of, put the happy spin on it. It's, I don't know. Like I, I kind of bump on that. Like, are, are we really like, why, why are, why are we kind of glorifying this? Why are we painting this as consequence free? You know, what happens if the Richard Gere character was like, you know, uh, just some guy that was working a minimum wage job, you know, like I, you know, I don't, it, there were too many things that were okay. Well, there's a lot of money and we can fly to the opera. So that's okay. You know, I, I guess, uh, 
I don't know, maybe, maybe leaving Las Vegas is a little bit more my speed. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I just, uh, it, you know, it really, um, there were just too many things that, that, that I just kind of bumped up against. Like, yeah, we're, we're kind of painting over this with a glossy image. And I know, I know, I mean, okay, internet, before you come and attack me, I mean, I know I'm not the chosen audience for this. I mean, but you know, why did she need to, why did she need him to rescue her? You know, I mean, I mean, it's because it's set up even that when he drives up, I mean, what I'm left with is not their happily ever after it's her whole happiness is contingent on him. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to save yourself before, you know, you can be a, like, even if someone's there to kind of give you, you know, light the path and give you a hand up and everything, you're still the one that has to, uh, you know, make the moves. Do you know what I'm saying? What, what I'm trying to drive at? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, it's like Morpheus said, I can show you the doorway, but you got to step through it. And like, you know, and it was, she lived happily, but again, the way the story was written, it was because of him that she could move forward. Yeah. You know, she needed him to pull that uh, lawyer guy off of, uh, off of her, and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. She should have been the one that slugged him. She should have been the one that slugged him. Mm-hmm. She should have been the one that, you know, I mean, it's well, like, and, and if it was rebate today, she probably would be. Yeah. And, and right. Right. So, you know, maybe we need the remake, but I guess that was my problem with it. And again, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna like take to the internet and I'm not like trying to, you know, present company, you know, obviously this is a little bit of an ironic statement. I'm not like finding all my friends and saying, Oh my God, I just saw a pretty woman. This thing's the worst piece of crap, you know? No, not at all. And I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's a, you know, a neat, a fun story and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just, there's just enough in there that I bump up against that. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. kind of what I get with it. So yeah. anyways. Yeah. All these things I understand. So, yeah, I, I I think it's one of those cases of, um, you know, we when uh, I don't know how many episodes that was ago now when when you had that uh, author on uh, Kevin Smokler who did mm-hmm. the uh, the book about the kind of the Brat Pack movies and uh, Brat Pack America and and uh, talked to him for a little bit on it and that was one of the questions I kind of asked him was because at the time some of the other stuff had come out it was it was very much in the uh, in the uh, beginnings or kind of semi-early stages of the Me Too movement and, and things like that. And and I remember asking him that question because I think uh, Molly Ringwald had just uh, put out a, she'd just been interviewed about something and was talking about 16 Candles and Breakfast Club and and some of those movies and, and how she felt about her character and the way they were portrayed. And I think an article about Animal House had just come out uh, about how that was a problematic movie, and and I th- I remember one of the things that um, that the author Kevin had mentioned was, you know, as long as you and that's something that I I think I mentioned earlier too, as long as you're not deifying these characters, as long as you're not saying, wow, those guys are my heroes, you know, for everything that they did, if, as long as you're not emulating and and wanting to copy what they're doing, oh, I think I, I think John, I'm John, <laughs> okay. welcome back. I think I lost you guys there for a minute. You faded away. It, it was, was crazy it. town, man. Yeah, hey, we were. It's. I wish I would have burned out. It's better to burn out than fade away. Oh, there it is. There it is. 
All right. Well, I think we probably better jump into some three questions here. Are you gentlemen ready for that? Oh, I'm ready for three questions. Bring it on. Okay, three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Number one, first of our three questions this time around, if Richard Gere gave you his credit card to go shopping with, where would you go and what would you buy? Hmm. Best Buyer apt, and I would just trick out everything. <laughs> I mean, I'd have an 80-inch TV in every room. And, yeah, I would just go nuts. Yeah, I'd... Um, I, I'm trying not to be, like, the practical mind, because, like, I'd immediately, like, be going, okay, what debts do I need to pay down, and what's, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 no, blah. No, no, no. When Richard Gere hands you the credit card, this is completely non-practical. Yeah, okay, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, there would probably be you know, there's, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a list of vehicles that need to be purchased. Okay. Um, you know, I'd probably get a plane, learn to fly it. I'd, you know, there's a, uh, you know, a short list of vehicles that, you know, that would be fun to have. Of course, like any need to have car list comes with a Corvette, you know? So, I mean, you know, like that would have to happen. Um, I got to be honest with you. I'd go to the, I'd go to Jason's deli and I would purchase the salad bar as well as like people to keep it <laughs> stocked and up, you know, and I'd have that installed in my house. That, okay. I think that, I think that would be awesome. Um, you know, and other than that, you know, just some odds and ends, you know, just some, some uh, here and there type things and all that kind of, that kind of mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. I, whatever I do, I'd set it up so that I could always afford the motorcycle that I want you know, if this is a one time, like I got the credit card, like I'd somehow right. set up some kind of a motorcycle trust fund or something so that I can, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, up, up maintenance and upkeep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mine, mine would probably be some sort you know, vehicles, okay. boat, plane, car, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think mine would be, well, this is funny. Cause I, you know, usually when we do a when we're at one of our evenings where we're going to do our recordings, I'll always ask if, if they're appropriate, I'll always ask the, the family while we're having dinner, the three questions for our movies. And, um, and I, I kind of had to figure out some good three questions for this movie. Cause I didn't want any of them to involve prostitution. Yeah. Um, you know, it's good let's, move. let's, ex, let's explain that one to the kids. Um, yeah. So I asked them a couple of these questions too. And, and of course, Nora, you know, she jumped right away to, well, mom really wants a new car. So I'd buy mom a new car. There it is. And, you know, John Ezra's like, well, I wouldn't. I got plenty of stuff I want for myself. So <laughs> we, we have determined that Nora is now the favorite child. Sure. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was up for debate. I thought that was a lock. It's, no, it's it's pretty much locked in. And, and he's probably going to start yelling as soon as he hears this because he I know he listens to the podcast. So, no, uh, John, I, I love you as well, buddy. But, um, yeah, it's it's Nora. Um, so. Yeah, she she was very selfless about that. I think what he said, I think he said he was going to buy a whole bunch of Lego sets and, um, you know, buy himself a, an Xbox and a PlayStation. And he, he tried to go the route of getting the unlimited wishes by buying a gift card so that he could spend it at a whole bunch of different times. And 
Oh, good. Okay. Like, I was like, no, 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 no. You got to give him credit for the effort. But I know, I know. I said, this is, we're not trying to like shake down the genie and get multiple wishes here. So, well, that's honestly, I kind of went with him with that whole motorcycle thing. That yeah, was kind yeah. of my thought, you know. Yeah. No, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I think the route I would go is I would either like, Bo, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I would, I would head over to either a Best Buy or um, either like a, a guitar center or the, the Sweetwater. Uh, music place and i think what i do is i'd set up the the home theater um with a, a really nice tv and sound system and seats and i would just do it up so i would never leave my living room ever again there you um, go or i'd or i'd go the route of what i've always wanted to do is someday when i get enough money to do this is i would like to set up a fully functioning like soundproof little podcast booth in my basement um mm. You know, with with everything all nice and tricked out, with the, I've got the mixer I'd like to have, and and uh, you know, computer there to run everything, and have a little booth that I could just sit in while I'm doing the podcast stuff, and so I'd, I'd probably do some of that stuff. Yeah, I'd like having a pool. You know, put a yeah. pool in the basement. That'd yeah. be nice. Oh, in the basement, okay. Yeah, like outside. You know, maybe one outside too, but you'd have to heat it. Yeah, you know true. what I'm saying. So, like, that's if true. I go outside now, like I could, you know, yeah, I think. Yeah. You know. And my salad bar. I have to have the salad bar. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so we did have, uh, again, Jason Colvin. Uh, All right. From, Where was he going? What was he thinking? He was, he said, probably not what you're going for, but it was, if it was me, I'm using that credit card to travel and attend all major league baseball parks during one summer. That's uh, an outstanding thing. And, and he That's said, I'm coming. Yeah. And he said, I'm coming home with a souvenir t-shirt from every park. Mm. Cool. So. Have we covered that? There was a guy I taught with. He was a band director up at Lake Forest High School. He's since moved to California. He and, he taught at our summer music camp. Um, he and some buddies did that. They drove and saw, I think they saw a game in every single stadium. Oh, nice. One, one summer, yeah. And it was like, I think they went consecutive days or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. Whatever the heck it was, they saw a game, one game a day, and they drove to every major league ballpark nice. for the summer. And they were like, so he had an opinion on every ballpark and how they were different. And it was, it was cool. Well, we had somebody else on Twitter uh, responded to Jason and uh, his name is Kevin Crumpler uh, at OU Crumpy. And he said, I would have, he said, I would have done the same thing, which is why I resigned myself to doing it every Memorial Day weekend. So there you go. Good choices. Good choices. All right. uh, Question number two, what is your ideal date with your spouse or significant other? So I, and, and thankfully Sharon and I had the exact same idea. So that works out well. Mm, um, ours was, uh, you know, if, if your ideal date, if you can, whatever, go wherever, you know, any of that, we said our ideal date would be, uh, we'll, we'll fly to Scotland and we will find a Sharon really wants, I think because our minivan does not handle so well in the snow. Uh, she very much wants a new Subaru. Mm. Ah. Like she's very interested in the Subaru, the Outback or the Ascent or something like that. So really? yeah. it, it ended up turning into we'd fly to Scotland, but we'd somehow road trip it across Scotland in a Subaru. Ah. And then we'd find a really good Indian restaurant and we'd have our Indian food in Scotland with our brand new Subaru car. That's hmm. wow. So, that's awesome. So that that works for me, too. I, you know, car, I, I can take it or leave, you know, kind of car doesn't really matter to me, but Scotland, Indian food. I'm all good. Mm-hmm. Dinner, drinks, followed by a band on a beach. I'm not as particular as to the beach. Could be Hawaii, but it could also be Door County in the summertime. The beach isn't really, the location of the beach doesn't matter. 
Are you particular about the band? Well, not particular so much as they have to be good and I have to like the music they play. Okay. Style of music? That's a tough one. Like I could go straight up cover band as long as they're playing good covers, you know? Okay. I just want live music on a beach, dinner, drinks, and music. That's that's what I want. Okay. Now, I think if you asked my wife, it would be on a beach in Key West and the band would be Kenny Chesney. But, okay. you know, that's getting specific. <laughs> you know. Hey, the, the question was, what is your ideal date? So Exactly. I'm not as picky about the band or the location of the beach. And I okay. think if you made her pick, she'd pick Kenny Chesney and would give up the location. But ideal, mm-hmm. Key West, Kenny Chesney. But I'm pretty sure dinner, drinks, and music would be involved. Oh, and, and a beach. Did I mention a beach? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's the end of January, but a you beach might have, sounds really You might have mentioned good, right? it. You might have mentioned it like you know three or seven times. Yeah, a beach sounds really good right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Patrick, what's what's your ideal? So, I mean, I'm trying to think how to answer this question, and I, I guess I ended up with like the practical. I think the the the, the most fun dates that I have uh, with Tammy are going down in the city and either taking in Chicago Symphony. Or taking in like uh, uh, a musical, if uh, you know, like we just saw Hamilton or something like that. Um, you know, we went down and saw that with Jeff and his wife. We saw the the uh, Mel Brooks mm-hmm. um, yeah. live show. So you know, some show like that, or getting down to the Jazz Showcase or one of the jazz clubs down there, Chicago Symphony. Just a show. You know, I mean, that's kind of a wide range, but some kind of a show or concert or something like that. Um, I. Much to my um, regret, I have not been to an opera. Um, I would love to get to the opera and, or something like that and then just go to a restaurant I've never been before for dinner. Or let me take that back. Let me take that back. Get down there early and go to a restaurant I've been to before for lunch, the show, and then afterward, a restaurant I've never been to or vice versa. Get down, restaurant I've never been to. Been, you know, um, I would say that. If, um, if I had to go out, that would be it. Um, otherwise, like my ideal date, you know, if it's the summer, I could be persuaded to do that during the summer as well. But if it's the summer, um, you know, Bo, I like, you know, your idea. It's, it would involve the beach and the date would be, you know, go out on the water, go out on the beach, do all that kind of thing. And then maybe like, you know, build a fire and... You know, sleep, and then wake up early next morning and repeat. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's not so much as a date; it's just a collection of things that are fun to do for the second one. But I'd say, as far as a date, I think that's what it would be. You know, food and, and some some music or show or something like that. Uh, so on Twitter, uh, Jason responded to this one too. He said, "My idea of a dream date." So there's very much a a beach theme going on here. Apparently uh-huh. for everybody, but everybody but me and Sharon. Like our, I think our option was we. If you want to do like a beach on some like Scottish lake somewhere, then, sure, uh, sure, we're on we're on the beautiful shores of Loch Rannoch or something like right. that. Um, but uh, Jason Colvin said the idea of a dream date with his wife, breakfast in their hotel room, uh, a morning jog, and then spending all day at a beach in Kauai. Um, he says Anini or Kalapaki. I'm hoping I'm saying those right. Beach, um, and then Korean street tacos at mm. Dukes in Kauai. So clearly he's been to. Um, He's been to these spots before because he's being very specific. Um, and uh, then he says eventually that uh, falling asleep watching Frasier. There you mm-hmm. go. So 
he did offer it in parentheses censored in the middle of his ideal date. So I'm, you know, let that go as you will. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, I did say, uh, I, I did ask this question. I was like, you know, mom and I are the only ones that can answer this, but John, if you had to go on your ideal date, where would you go? And he's like, what? Wait, wait, wait. do I have to go with anybody? Like, okay, well, that's kind of the point, buddy. But like, where would you go? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd go see a movie or something. And uh, it was like, would you? Would it be like a romantic comedy? Or he's like, no, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just go see a movie. So I think we decided it would be a romantic horror. I don't know what that would be, but you know, I think he'd be a little bit more interested in that. And uh, Nora was funny because she actually the other day we had been talking about this because my sister had just uh, gone on a date with somebody, and Nora was saying, you know. When I go on dates someday, this is how the date's going to go. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to say, hi, my name is Nora. Do you like science and podcasts? No, you don't. I'm calling my mom. This date's over. Wow. Good for her. Good she, for her. And she did tell me, and I, I haven't, haven't gotten it on tape yet. She did tell me she's not dating until she's at least 30. So I am super happy. That's right. Totally fine with yeah. all of that. Yeah. You're going to beat them off with a stick. Yep, it's, it's not it's not going to work that way, but I'm I'm very excited for it to possibly be that way. I love it. I love it. Do you like science and uh, uh, what was it? Yeah, do you like science and podcasts? Podcasts. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. All right, we're done. No, nope, we're, we're out. Done. This, You're done. This date's over. Yeah, she, this date's over. Um, Mom, can you come pick me up? Yeah, like no, no. You like see, she's not going to need any guy to come rescue, save her. You know? Oh, what no, I'm no, saying? no, not at all. Yeah, at all. that's that's right. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Question number three. Vivian gets introduced to some foods she's never eaten before at the dinner scene. What is the strangest food you've ever eaten? Um, so I was at Korean barbecue and um, I was barbecuing something that I have no idea. I tried to eat it and I have no idea what it was. <laughs> I, 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 still, I, I still still to this day, you don't know what it was. I, I have no idea what it is, what it was. It like I what it shall be. It, I know. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was part of the experience that kind of caused me to kind of change what I eat today. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. But uh, um, that would have been the weirdest thing was I was like, hey, I think this is, you know, whatever we think this is. And then it was like chewing it. It was like, what is this? I don't know. Uh, hmm, okay. Well, uh, we're just going to avoid that. I'm going to go get some bean sprouts and like an egg roll or something. I mean, it was like, I have no idea what I just tried to eat strangest thing I've ever eaten that I kind of enjoyed is I I had ostrich soup once. Mm. Mm. But like strangest thing that I didn't like, uh, mussels. I don't like mussels. Really? really? Mm. Yeah, that texture. I just have never been a fan. So, yeah. What about you, John? What do you got? I've got, you know what, and actually my well, two of my and, and see, here's the thing, is I I said when we were talking about this tonight, uh, before we started recording, I, I told my wife, I said, I've got some that are probably going to be considered weird, but I don't consider them weird. Like they're, they're really good. Like I yeah. like them. So it's not like it's weird and I'm like grossed out by it. Um, one I remember having in college, uh, the octopus tentacles, um, that was pretty weird, you know, still tasted good, but that was probably one of the weirder things I've ever had before. Uh, but my two, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be very consistent tonight. I'm going to, I got to go back to Scotland for both of them. My two are probably going to be haggis and uh, black pudding. All right. So are, are, are we aware of what black pudding is? Cause that freaks my children out every time I talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I understand why they would, uh, 
Mm-hmm. You freaked out. Yeah, it's good stuff though. Now, granted, every time we went to Scotland, uh, when I when we lived over in England, every time we go to Scotland, I would always get black pudding for breakfast. And I will tell you, every time I went to Scotland, I always had an upset stomach. I bet. But I don't care. It was it was good stuff. The risk, the, the it's worth it. Oh, it was totally worth it. Um, there was also the time where I, I don't think of this as being weird, but um, there was also a time where I think. So just to, to demonstrate some of the things that were around during you know, some of the world wars and the, and the depression uh, and Bo, I don't know if, if the same teacher did this with your class. I remember there was a history teacher that we had that brought in cans of spam mm-hmm. to try to get everybody to try spam. Mm-hmm. I do and, have an odd memory of this. Okay. And I remember, do you remember there was, uh, do you remember the, the guy in our grade, his name was Jared Klein. I do. Uh-huh. So Jared and I sat next to each other in our U.S. history class, and everybody else in this class, a class of probably 24, 25-plus people, everybody's sitting there going, Ugh, no, I'm not, I'm not having the spam. Well, I think we must have been close to the last class of the day or, or something like that, and she really didn't want to take this stuff home. Sure. So Jared Klein and I sat there, and we finished the rest of the spam that she oh. had throughout the rest. Of, that was one of my favorite classes I ever had that entire year. Nice. Uh, we, we just sat there and we ate spam the entire class. I believe period. everything about that story. <laughs> like knowing that. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. you did. Yes, we did. Well, my, my lovely wife said that uh, she said that she remembered and she doesn't necessarily remember what the foods might've been. Um, but she said that one time with model UN uh, in high school, that mm-hmm. there was a, there was a teacher, Mr. Underbrink mm-hmm. and that he took him down to, um, they take him down to Chinatown uh, in the city at one point and just, and he ordered things off the menu that they had no clue what they were. And, and I guess if you, did you have Mr. Underbrink? I never had him as a teacher. I but, did not either, okay. but he, he I was, a, love him, he was, a, he was a character. Yes, he was. Yeah. And I think he just went, uh, I think he just went to town and just ordered well, and what he, he was, felt like ordering off the menu. And well, and he was very well traveled. So he had probably mm-hmm. had all of this food at one point or another in his life. And oh yeah. All, all good stuff. All good stuff. Totally. I won't eat bugs, though. That was the one time I, I decided not, to... Not a chocolate-covered caterpillar kind of guy? Nope. Not at all. I'll, I'll eat blood pudding day and night, but I will not eat bugs. Interesting. Not a fan. Not a fan. All right. Well, um, let's see. You know what? Actually, I, last week, I forgot again to ask what your rating for the movie would be uh, when we were doing Predator 2. So I'll ask you this time. Uh, out of five steaming divots, what would you give Pretty Woman? I'll say four steaming divots. Okay. It, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I'll say three and a half. And I could be, I, if people start giving me dirty looks and it's going to cause an uproar, I'll say four. Nah, nobody's, nobody's going to dirty not, looks. And if it's not, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, not, I'm saying present company included. I just, oh, yeah. it's like, I don't want to fight about it. So it's all like, yeah. oh, hey, yeah, right. Okay, it's all good. Well, I'm going to okay. give it four. I'm not good. Okay. But I kind of feel three and a half. All right. Well, you can go three and a half. I, I'm going to go with a four. So, All right. so we'll do that. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for being here again. Um, so, this is a, a good start to our Love is in the Air month. Um, so, over the course of the next few weeks, we will be taking a look at Ghost, Wild at Heart, and Mermaids. Um, and then beyond that, I know Pat's probably a little bit more excited about next month when we get to the Planes and Automobiles month. Oh. So in March, if you're looking ahead to March, if you want to go look for some of these movies, try to find them somewhere um, uh, in March, after we get done with Love is in the Air, we've got Planes and Automobiles. That will be Air America, Memphis Bell, 
Days of Thunder and Cadillac Man. Oh my God, um, Days of Thunder. Oh, and I, oh. And I have tried to look around a little bit, and of those movies, the only one that I think is currently streaming anywhere is uh, Cadillac Man. The last time I looked is both on Amazon Prime and Tubi.tv. Um, so if you're looking for some of those somewhere to, to get caught up to listen along with us on the show here, um, that'll be where you might want to look for that one. But otherwise, Air America, Memphis Bell, Days of Thunder, could not find those that are streaming for free um, on any of those services. So oh so gosh. that's what we got coming up then. If you want to get even further ahead, uh, we'll, we'll give you up to April. April's our action and adventure month. So if you're looking for these movies too, uh, some of these are on uh, services like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Tubi, Stars. Uh, some of those, if you have those subscriptions or not. So April starts off with Dances with Wolves. Oh. Um, then we continue with The Hunt for Red October. There it is, Bo. There it is. There we go. Uh, Navy Seals. Oh, jeez. And we end that month with Rocky Five. Rocky Five. Thousand. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> it got me gun. So. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to do it for Pretty Woman this time around. So thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Thank, thank you, John. John. Bo, good to see you. Good to talk to you too, Patrick. All right. So uh, thank you for being with us here. Come back uh, next time so where we continue our month with Ghost, Wild at Heart, and Mermaids. And um, in the meantime, be excellent to each other. Um, love one another. I guess we can add that to our Love is in the Air month. Be excellent to each other. Each other. <laughs> Mel- Marriage is what brings us together. I was about to say it's it's just like the the priest in the Princess Bride. Be excellent to each other. Marriage, that blessed arrangement. All right, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time. <laughs>